It's time to open your mind and expand your empire. You're listening to The Ted Huff Show. Join in for stories that embrace imperfections and become the inspiration you need to achieve true greatness in your life through actionable progress in the pursuit of self-discovery, self-improvement, and self-purpose. Where will your story take you? Now let's get it started with the man himself, your host, Ted Huff. All right, everybody. Uh, we've got Ryan Durden here with us today. Um, entrepreneur, author, two books, not just one, but two books. In one year. In 12 months. 12 months. <sighs> That's craziness, craziness. <laughs> so, Ryan, what, what drove you to write the books? And let's kind of just talk about, uh, you know, the big question everybody wants to know is, who is the Ryan Durden? Definitely, man. So... I'll start off with the second question, who was Ryan Durden first. Um, I'm a, first and foremost, I'm a father um, and uh, a husband. So I'm a family guy, first and foremost. Um, that's my why. That's my reason for wanting to succeed. Um, and, you know, I, I wouldn't have it any other way. They're, they're what keep, keep me motivated every single day. How did Ryan get to where he is today? Well, I mean, growing up, um, I didn't have, you know, uh, the best childhood. Um, you know, I grew up in a separated home. Uh, my mom spent most of her time in Arizona and uh, my dad spent most of his time in, in San Diego. And, um, you know, go, growing up, I was going back and forth from my mom's house to my dad's house, uh, going back from back and forth from San Diego to, to Tucson, actually. And, uh, at age six, my mom moved to San Diego. So we were all in the same town together. And, uh, at age seven, she actually decided to, to leave because it was too expensive in San Diego. Um, and at that point in my life, I was only seven years old. I knew the importance of, of money, of having money or, or not having money can, and the outcome, you know, uh, of what it can do to a family who doesn't have money. So my mother was no longer really in the picture except for, you know, weekend calls. You know, at, at age seven, when my mom went back, um, it was just me and my dad. And uh, we, you know, we did, you know, just me and him for, a, you know, a year. And uh, then he met my stepmom. And uh, when he met my stepmom, they had a kid, uh, which is my little sister. And uh, she's actually an, uh, an actress and a model. Um, so if you if you don't follow her, you should follow her. <laughs> so Alexis Ryan, um, she lives in L.A. right now pursuing her dreams. Um, but when I was 10 years old, um, some of the things that, that make me who I am today, um, my mom, like I said, my mom used to always call on the weekends. And um, one weekend, she I, I didn't receive the call. Then another week went by didn't receive a call. Then another week went by, I didn't receive a call. So it was about two months. I didn't receive any calls from my mom. And uh, I finally got a call from one of her sisters saying that she fell and hit her head on a fire hydrant. And, uh, you know, I'm a kid, you know, I, I believe the the story. And, uh, a month later she actually woke up out of a coma and, uh, they kept it from me for a while. But, um, what ended up happening is, uh, her boyfriend shot her in the head, uh, due to, some dude, it was drug related. So, um, I guess it was cocaine or something that, um, they were doing all night and he got angry cause my mom didn't go get some more cocaine and shot her in the head. And 
she was in a coma for three months. And uh, when she woke up, she just wasn't the same person. Um, but she's doing well now. So she's, uh, you know, it took her 40 years, but um, she doesn't do any drugs. She doesn't smoke cigarettes. She doesn't drink beer. She doesn't do anything. She she goes to her Bible study and goes to church. And it took her 40 years, but, um, you know, she's she's finally where she wants to be. So with, with that, that kind of upbringing and that, that ex, those experiences, you know, how, how did that shape Ryan and, and what Ryan was trying to do and the type of experiences that, are, that you ended up having, mm-hmm. um, in your, in your late teens? I mean, I know there's been a, a lot of things and, and a lot of, a lot of things you've had to kind of go through to get to there. What, yeah. I think, I mean, in anybody's life, it's the things that, that, happen to you that that shape you um but it's more of the how we react and how we um you know we we react to the situation and uh as a as a kid as a teenager we really don't know how to react we use our you know we act off of our emotions and sometimes we don't even know what we're doing and what we're involved in until we get older and we look back at it um so when i was 13 years old um, I was walking, uh, I was walking to school and, uh, I saw my dad's truck parked in a, in a parking lot, um, about a half a mile away from my school. And, uh, at the time my dad worked in LA, so he was driving back and forth and from LA to San Diego, um, usually spending the weekends in San Diego and working during the weekday. But for whatever reason, uh, that day he wasn't, he wasn't in LA and, uh, I saw his car parked across the street and I walk over to his car and I say, uh, you know, I see him crying. And uh, it was the first time that I've ever seen my dad cry and the last time that, I, that I've actually seen him cry. Um, and they were, he was just saying they, they killed him, they got him. Um, so what happened was, uh, I guess, a 16-year-old kid. Um, it was over a cell phone, they said. Um, but it was really some, about, you know, it was, it was gang-related. Um, so... I guess uh, he got stabbed, I think it was like 16 times, uh, walked across the street and uh, actually died in a, in a foyer in, in, uh, in, in, in an apartment. And uh, that's where I saw my dad was in the, in the parking lot of that apartment. And so uh, that day, I actually went back to school. And uh, when I went back to school, uh, there was this kid and uh, he was saying, uh, my uncle died. And I was like, your uncle died too? And then he was like, yeah, he got stabbed uh, right down the street. So when he said that, like I lifted him off the table, like I, I didn't ask any question. I lifted him off the table or I lifted him up and threw him on the table. And uh, I just had so much rage. I didn't know the kid. And he was claiming that my uncle was was his uncle. And then afterwards, he, he told me, you know, I'm sorry. Like, I didn't know. Like, he always came to my house. And I guess he was friends with uh, with his mom. But. It really, I was really an angry kid, you know, like three years before that, my mom gets shot in the head, you know, three years after my uncle gets stabbed and I was just a, I was just an angry kid. So my, um, my dad and my stepmom actually took me out of public school and, and, uh, enrolled me into private school when I was in seventh grade. And, uh, there I learned, uh, a little bit of discipline (laughs) (laughs) and, uh, I actually, you know, I'm not really a religious person, but I, I kind of found, I found God, you know, when I was in seventh grade and, uh, kind of switched my life around from 
bad to good really early. But at the same time, those same ghosts came back to haunt me later on. Um, so 14 and 15, I was, I was good. I was, you know, I was a good athlete. I played basketball, football, ran track. Um, but I went out one year, um, on a vacation. And during that year, somebody that I looked up to gave me some drugs. And, uh, before that, I really didn't know, you know, besides like weed, like I'd never seen any other drugs besides weed and alcohol. So, um, this person gave me the drug and, um, you know, I was hooked. And so from 18 to about 22 years old, I was, I was hooked on this drug and, um, it pretty much took my life over. And, uh, I tried to kind of get my life back. And uh, every time I tried, I kind of self-sabotaged myself and ended up right back in the same spot in jail or living on the streets or whatever it was. I, I just didn't have, I didn't have a why, I didn't have a reason. I didn't really care for myself like I should. All right. So, so, so tough times coming up and tough times coming up. So what, what, what is it that, uh, what was the opportunity that you were, you were given that really helped switch that around? You know, what, what, yeah. what happened to, uh, to switch? Um, I mean, obviously if there's, there's a, bit of understanding you know if you if you read if you read Ryan's book which I suggest you do the mm-hmm. the book momentum um, it gives a little bit more background um, that that's in there but you you may mentioned making this this shift mm-hmm. so so kind of help us understand where where that shift comes from yeah so I, I mean I, I I ended up like I said on the streets or or in jail like every single time um, so I did you know a couple stints in jail and every time I got out of jail, it just became, I became worse and worse. And, um, it was finally just a breaking point where it's like, I just have to have to get away. Um, what actually happened was it was, a the reason why I came out to Arizona was to get a fresh start, obviously, but, um, there was a drug deal that actually re- went wrong and I had to leave San Diego. Ah, um, so. a little bit more detail. That's not in the book. Love it. Love it. Love it. So there is a, uh, there was a, a drug deal that I helped set up and, um, my job, my responsibility was to, uh, get somebody to drive a car from an Indian reservation back to my apartment with like 200 pounds of weed. And, um, this guy that I hired to drive the truck, uh, ended up getting stopped and, uh, we lost like 200 pounds. And, um, so the, uh, the big guy, I'm not going to name names and get people indicted, but came into my house and, uh, told me that, uh, he was going to murder me and everybody in the house. So we took off the next day and went to Arizona and with some friends. So it was me and two friends. We came out here and we kind of laid low for a little bit. And, um, after a while they actually went back to San Diego and I stayed here because I actually enrolled in the school for media arts. So, um, I was trying to get my life together and they kept on doing the same thing and they went back to San Diego and I haven't really talked to any of them since then. Yeah. That's a uh, kind of a good reason to, uh, to, to make a move. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's heavy. That's heavy. So, so kind of going through one of the things that I, I, I saw in the book that, that was kind of interesting to me is, is kind of 
what I would what I would call your your first real sale. Yeah. Um, it was more of a you, you kind of mentioned it more of a job interview, but kind yeah. kind of kind of give us a, a little bit of background on on what it was what it was like in that that particular scenario where yeah. you're you're basically asked, "Hey, dude, sell sell me this watch." Yeah. So so kind of give us some background on that. So I may I remember it like it was yesterday. It was my first like real job interview. Um, like I worked for my grandpa in the past. I worked for my dad, um, and then I obviously, you know, sold sold a couple of packs of drugs. But um, this was my first real sale. This was uh, me going in and and trying to convince somebody to buy something like I didn't I never watched like any sales movies I did read think and grow rich so I had kind of an understanding on, on how people worked but I didn't know anything so I just bs my way through the whole entire thing and um, the guy looked at me like I was crazy and he offered me the position and you know four months later you know I ended up you know running my own little kiosk and um, you know I was, I got really good at it. And I, for four years, I actually stuck in this, in the cell phone industry. And I just, you know, it wasn't for me. I didn't see myself in, in malls and, you know, greeting people and annoying people all my life. But it was, uh, it so was no kiosk king for you. <laughs> no kiosk king. No. Cause I, I actually had friends that, that stayed in it for like 10 years. And one of the guys that I know, he just got out of it and he was, he was, pretty much been in the same position that he, he was always in. And, you know, if you don't, you, you, you gotta know when to call it quits sometimes. And, um, you know, it's, being a cell phone King was not my, my dream. So I had to, I had to give that up. And when I gave that up, I, I tried other things. I did like network marketing and things like that. But, um, I actually started selling water door to door in uh, Arizona. So, so kind of like a sweatshop, huh? <laughs> yeah. It was a it was an easy sale because everybody needed water and the deal was really good. It was like $30 a day for like unlimited bottles of water like the 5-gallon jugs and you got a free cooler and all that stuff. So it was a really good really good deal and a really easy sale. It was just a lot of work walking in 120 degrees, you know, for 7 hours a day. And uh you know, I, I, I didn't see myself doing that either. So, um, I kind of left, left that alone and, um, went out, I actually started, um, my own production company for a while, which was uh, black and white television or black and white entertainment where I did, uh, a lot of live videos for rock bands and, uh, rap artists and things like that. I did music videos. Um, and, uh, I was also a rapper for a little bit. Oh, <laughs> so oh I, no! We're, I, we're gonna have to dig up some some old mixtapes or something <laughs> here somewhere. I got a couple on YouTube, but <laughs> you, you won't be able to find them. Oh. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, I tried, you know, I dabbed in a in a couple of dibbled and dabbed in a couple of things, but um, I ended up going into the payments industry, and that's where I really found my niche. And um, I actually worked for a guy, uh, for like four years and, uh, he laid us off. Um, and I, in return, I actually started my own company. I took everybody from that company and all the good people and, uh, started my own. And, uh, that's how I actually got into business was, was just taking a concept of some that somebody else already created and just making it better and growing that. 
Cool. So I'm I'm gonna go back a little bit in the timeline because you you, yeah. you left a little nugget. Mm-hmm. Um, but so you you'd mentioned your grandfather um, was a big influence in your life. Oh yeah. Um, mentioned he gave you "They Can Grow Rich" mm-hmm. as a book. Yeah. So yeah. can kind of help us help us understand? You know, I mean, you you talk about the, the bad things that happened, but I mean, obviously, some things set you up. To, to think differently, kind of help us understand what, what life was like, mm-hmm. you know, before all the craziness started to kick off. I mean, obviously having a separate family that, that induces some bit of drama. Yeah. So I'll, I'll tell you, um, so there's been, there's been a lot of good things that, that have happened to me in my life. And, uh, you know, some of those things aren't things at all. They're, they're people. And, uh, one of the biggest mentors that I had in my life was, was my grandfather, um, who like Ted just said, he gave me my first copy of think and grow rich. Um, when Do I was, you still have that book, I still have it. Yeah. I still oh, have the dude, same book. Awesome. It, it has all of his, uh, notes and highlights in it. Too. Oh, that's even better. Yeah. You know, that's one of the best gifts when you get something from somebody who's read it and read it and read it yeah. and it's got all their notes and all their thoughts in it. Yeah. That, that is one of the most awesome things to get <laughs> it is it is so um i've been i've been reading that going back and forth like just putting together my own idea of what success is from that book but he's the one who introduced me to personal development and that's where i see myself in the future is is spreading the the message of positivity and and growth and uh just empowering other people and he gave that to me and um, you know, it, it was a blessing. Um, he, he was actually, uh, the third coach to coach in the NFL, third black coach to coach in the NFL, not the third coach. He'd be really, old. I was say, so how <laughs> old is your grandfather really again? <laughs> so he's the third black coach to coach in the NFL. Um, he coached for the chargers for 17 years. So I think there was only one other coach that coached, uh, for the chargers longer than him. Um, so he is Mr. Charger. Um, but uh, so he, I, I, I wonder how he would feel about it uh, being L.A. now. Um, well, he's from L.A. originally, so he really doesn't care. To be <laughs> honest, like, he, <laughs> well, you know, it's 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 a bit of a, a divide, right? Some yeah. some are okay with it, others just think it's blasphemy. Yeah, no, I think he's. Uh, I mean, he's a he's. I don't think he's really like a Chargers fan. I think he's just a fan of the game. Like, I don't think he has a really like a a favorite team. So it sounds and like football was like, wasn't a game. It was a way of life. It, it is. And it still is today. Like for, for me, for, for my son, for my dad, my grandpa, like that's, uh, that's how, you know, that's how we, we run our lives is I, I was a quarterback. So I, I run my, I run my team like I would on the field, you know, um, I, I you know, it's, except for now I get to call the plays instead of <laughs> having somebody yell the plays at me all the time. So, that's good, man. So, so you know, we, we, we've talked about, um, you know, being put in situations where you, you had to make some changes out of everything that's been going on and, and the different things you've had to overcome and, and push through. Uh, what, what, what would you say is, is that, that biggest failure that, that you've run into? And how did have, having that failure happen? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I want to get specific, you know, what, what, what is that failure point mm-hmm. that happened and how did that set you up for the success going forward? Yeah. So my, my biggest failure I think is my, 
my addiction. Like I have an addictive personality and I, and I got that from, you know, I, I got that from my mom and my dad. It's just my genes, you know, uh, not saying that my mom and dad are addicts or anything like that, but <laughs> you know, that's this, the way that I was made. Um, you know, growing up, I, I, you know, alcohol and drugs were, were always in my life. So, um, as much as I wanted to stay away from it and I would tell myself, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do drugs. I'm not going to smoke, um, because of the way that it turned it, it, you know, the way that it affected my mother's life and the way that it affected my, my uncle's life. I wanted to stay away from the streets and I wanted to stay away from drugs, but somehow, you know, uh, it was just all around me at all times. So I ended up getting into it. I ended up getting into drugs and I ended up, you know, getting into the street life. And, um, it was my addiction that, that just brought me downhill because, you know, I couldn't stop, you know, I couldn't stop drinking. I couldn't stop doing drugs and I just didn't want to be around people anymore, you know? Um, so I just kind of kept to myself or kept with the bad, bad crowd because they can accept me for me being fucked up all the time. And the real people that loved me didn't want to see me like that. So I had to stay away, you know, and it was, it was, uh, so what was that? What was that one? I mean, that I guess that's where I'm trying to go. Is it? Yeah. I mean, obviously, addiction is nothing to, 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 to take lightly, but there there had to be some point. There had to be that that one item, that one thing. You know, you, you mentioned the your your family is 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 your is your key piece. But yeah. at what point and what what was that thing that you're like, dude? I just can't do this anymore. I just, I just can't do this anymore that forced you to have more pain to keep doing that versus stop. Um, well, I've been clean for going on almost 11 years now. So, um, the thing that made me stop was definitely my son, like having him in my life. Like I remember the last time that I did drugs, my wife was actually pregnant with my son that I actually did the drugs that I was addicted to. And, uh, I just remember like doing it and I saw her pregnant and I was like, what am I doing? Like, I have to get my life together. I'm sitting in this corner with this person I don't even know. And my wife is sitting over there pregnant with my kid. And she's looking at me like I'm crazy cause she never saw me do this before. So that was it for me. It was like, okay, like I got to stop doing this and I need to start doing this and that's you know that's where I made the switch um to to stop doing drugs because the 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 big guy that came in that that scared me scared for my life you know scared the life out of me and made me run to to Arizona like that wasn't enough um you know going to jail and uh you know being locked down in a two-man cell for three months with an hour you know of of, uh, free time that, that wasn't enough, but it was seeing my wife in the corner pregnant with my son. That was like, ah, that's enough. I can't do it anymore. So it's been, you know, almost 11 years since, since I touched that stuff. Wow. Well, congratulations, man. I know, um, from, from, from a number of folks that that's, that's, that's hard to deal with and yeah. it's hard to manage through. And, uh, you know, congratulations for, for being sober for so long. Yeah. So, so obviously with an addictive personality, um, 
you have to have mechanisms or tactics or things like that mm-hmm. that you employ when you start to feel overwhelmed or when you start to get unfocused or when you when when you when you don't feel on top of the world yeah you know what 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 are some tactics or some key things that you do that uh, the listeners and the viewers can can take and and do to, to stop that because I, I, I yeah. we all have an addictive personality in some way shape or form just right. the things that we're addicted to are differently yeah um, I mean and that's that's the answer to the question is just find something good to get addicted to instead of something bad <laughs> that is the that is like it's all about your habits so um, get addicted to working out like I the, what I do is I like to write so when I feel that explains the two books in one year. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like I, I just get it or like I, I, I have to write. Like, um, if I don't write, I just feel like it's just something, something missing. Like if I go for like a month without writing anything down, like I just feel like somebody would, that's a, a gym rat that doesn't go to the gym. Like it just doesn't feel right. So, um, so would you say for you, the, the thing when you start to feel overwhelmed and unfocused is really just to, to stop what you're doing and start writing down what's going through your head. Is that, is that kind of what you're trying to say here? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, not what's going, yeah. Write everything down. I write everything down. As you can see, like I have like a bunch of, so, so he, so he's got like six note cards here and I've got one page with like four lines on it. <laughs> so I just, I just, so I have a feeling I have a new hobby. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, at, at writing, not only like it gets my mind off of things, like I can go back and recollect, like I can, you know, resonate with myself. Like, and that's one of the things in personal development is finding out who you really are. And by writing these two books, like I got to, figure out who I really was and what makes me this way. And it's, it's, uh, uh, fear of failure is one of the reasons, like, I don't want to become like my mom on the streets. I don't want to become like my uncle on the streets. I don't want to become like my dad in the corporate world who was fired numerous times and he didn't really have control over that. Like I want to have control over my life and, and how I live it. So, I live life on my own terms, um, and it's just, you know, and it's for my family. So, you know, talking about the the writing things down. Um, I mean, that, obviously, that's a that's a key tenant that's in Think and Grow Rich. So I can see how that kind of kind of pulls over. Yeah. Um, but you know, in the last say three to five years, uh, is, is there a, a core belief, a behavior, or a habit? Um, I mean, outside of the writing, I mean, obviously it's a big one. Is there, is there something that, that in the last five years that is, excuse me, has materially changed your life in the past five years In the past three to five years, the shorter, the better man. Yeah. So, um, (laughs) like I said, that's, uh, it's been a, it's been a rough journey. So two, let's see, what was it? Four years ago. Um, uh, actually, see, you caught me right in the middle there, man. All right, we're good, we're good. <laughs> Four years ago, we moved. Uh, my wife actually left me um, in San Diego and came back to Arizona and took the kids, the dog, everything because of my addiction. I started getting back into alcohol. Um, 
So, so with with your with your move back out here, you know, no drugs, no alcohol, none of that fun stuff. What, what was what was that core belief or habit that really really changed for you um, in the in the last last five years? Well, once I once I stopped doing like heavy drugs and things like that, like I still still drink alcohol, um, you know, occasionally, like on the weekends. I was considered what they call a weekend warrior. Ah, um, uh, yes. <laughs> so, you know, I was a different kind. I did the whole uh, Army Reserve National Guard thing, that kind of weekend warrior. So, <laughs> so uh, I have a feeling this one's slightly different. Just a little bit. So, <laughs> uh, Fridays, um, you know, it, it would start Friday uh, after work. You know, I'd take my employees, we would go to the bar or uh, brewery or something like that, and we would drink um, a lot. And then it just continued throughout the whole night on Friday wake up on Saturday, you know, uh, do my little chores and then start drinking again while I was doing my chores on Saturday, just get messed up until like one or two o'clock in the morning. Then on Sunday, just spend the whole day just trying to recover. And, um, my wife got sick and tired of it and she ended up leaving me, taking the kids uh, the dog and left me with this big old house Not by the myself. Dog. <laughs> yeah, took the dog, everything. Um, she left me with uh, all the material things. So I had the house, the cars, everything, you know, that I bought materialistically. And, uh, you know, none of that stuff mattered to me at that point because I had nobody to share it with. And uh, this happened like three years ago. And uh, that's when I actually started like really writing. And I started figuring out, like, what was it that made me drink so much? So I actually stopped drinking completely for two years um, while I was trying to gain the trust of my wife back. And uh, what's changed for me is, one, I don't I don't drink like that. So if I have a beer or two, you know, that that's it. It's I haven't been drunk in, in over over two, three years, you know. Um, so I think my perspective on going out and having fun on the weekends has changed. Like that's, it's not all about fun on the weekends or relaxation on the weekend. Like that's 48 hours of time and, and knowledge and money that I was passing up on before, you know, not to mention my, my health, <laughs> you know? Um, but in the last five years, I think my wife leaving me and giving me that wake up call that, you know, that one last wake up call, hopefully, um, that it's, uh, you know, that, that life is not for me, you know, the alcohol and, and that, that type of life is, is not for me going out to the clubs and hanging out with friends and things like that. Like, that's not for me. I decided to be a family man and I have to, you know, live by my choice of being a family man. And that means I have to sacrifice the things that I used to enjoy. Um, that I shouldn't have enjoyed anyway because it brought my life, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of struggles and, you know, but it made me who I am and, and, uh, I, I wouldn't take it back. So, so I'm, I'm going to ask a, a slightly deep question, but do you know what it was that, that drove you to, to do those things? I mean, was it something that, you know, that you were trying, I, I, were you trying to escape something? Were you trying to, you know, 
numb something? What, what, what was it that was driving you towards, I mean, obviously addiction's one thing, but yeah. th- there's always that catalyst, right? That, that starts it. Yeah. I think it just, I, I wasn't sure of who I was completely. Were you uh, scared of who you might be? Um, yeah and 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 no like yeah i was scared that i mean i know my potential i can use my potential for good and i can use my potential for bad and i know the potential that i have can have a major impact around people around me and um when i you know do bad things i can't have my kids seeing that stuff so it's a uh, just trying to be a role model for them is 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 key yeah, it kind of goes back to the beginning when we were talking about how your your son being born was kind of that 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 one thing that just kind of yeah. I mean, everybody for everybody, it's different. Like everybody has their own why or their own reason of why they decide to make a change in their life. Like, and I think that everybody goes through adversity. Everybody goes through hard times. Um, you know, and not one person's hard time is more difficult than the other person's hard time it's how we react to it and um move forward and carry on you know um it's not what happened to us in the past is how we how we go about it and we have to just focus on the now instead of what happened <laughs> no no understand man and not trying to take you back too far just want to help everybody get an understanding of of, of who ryan is and yeah. what, what ryan pushes through and you know, any anything that, that you've gone through in the past it always has this nice little way of creeping back up in the back of your mind and uh, knowing that it's never truly gone. It just uh, subsides a little bit. And it, it that that comes from every time I, I come back around, it comes from my my core beliefs and my my affirmations. Like I wrote out my first set of affirmations when I was 15 years old. So every time I get back when I get off of track. I get back on track because I have my affirmations in place. I know where I want to go. So it's okay to, you know, get off track as long as you can find your way back onto the track and, you know, and move on. But a lot of people, like I've been blessed, um, you know, that I'm still here. Like a lot of people don't get a chance to, to do what I'm doing. Like there's a lot of people that have gone to jail and they're serving life sentences or there's a lot of people that, you know, end up dying that don't get any chances, you know? So I feel blessed and I just don't want to waste any opportunity that, that, you know, this world's given me. No, that's good. So I'm going to move us on here just a little bit. Um, Mm. trying to try and get out of the deep, 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 deep. Yeah. So, so, you know, we talked about thinking grow rich earlier on, uh, obviously you've got your two books, so these don't count. You can, can't count this here. (laughs) But uh, other than, you know, obviously Think and Grow Rich had a, had a great influence on your life. What yeah. other, you know, one to two books had a, an influence on your life? Why? Um, you know, kind of kind of help us understand uh, what 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 items do you go back to or yeah. which ones like really made a change in your, your mindset? So I'll go I'll go with uh, one old one and one newer one. Um, oh, there we go. <laughs> so one of the old ones that, that I really enjoyed and I've read a couple of times is uh, Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. And uh, basically, the whole concept of the book is just listen. Listen to other people and pay attention to what they're saying and be nice. And uh, he goes into a lot more, but 
it that's the that's the basic principles like people don't want to do business with people that are dicks you know yeah yeah so just being nice and listening to people and actually taking in what they what they say instead of trying to come back and you know one up them you know um actually paying attention and making them elaborate more on what they were saying so it seems like you're genuinely interested in that person and not that you're on your own agenda so have you have you seen that book to to really influence you in the way that uh i mean obviously with your podcast i'm assuming it influenced you there but in your day-to-day business i'm i'm assuming that it really and i'm I'm assuming a lot here obviously (laughs) but uh that that it 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 really shapes the way that you you manage your customer service the way you manage your business the way you manage your employees so so are you that that that's kind of where you're you're taking that one. I'm yeah, it's just treating people with respect. Like, I mean, a lot of people will say that you have to earn the respect, but that's not true. Like, you have to you earn to lose the respect if that makes sense. Like, you come off like I I look at the good at every single person. Like, I see the good in every single person. Until you lose that trust, until you show me different that you're not a good person, then, you know, my heart's wide open. Um, and that may be a flaw of mine, but as soon as you, as soon as you mess up, like then my radar's on and I'm, I'm watching you like a hawk. But as long as you're keeping your word every single time and, and doing what you're supposed to be doing and not telling me something and then something else and then doing something else, then I, I trust you fully. Um, but as soon as you, as soon as I lose that trust, it's really hard to, to gain it back. Understood. All right, so you got the old one out of the way. Yeah. The, the oldie but a goodie. It is oldie but goodie. So check that out, Dale Carnegie. It's a great one. Good deal. <laughs> and so so what what's the new one? I'm, um, I'm really curious about this one. The new one I really liked was um, uh, Damon John's Rise and Grind, um, where he goes into stories, other people's stories, which I like. I like the different varieties of a different variety of stories, um, and he goes you know he he finds celebrities and he goes through their daily routine what they do in the morning to what they do at night and how they don't waste time um on things that aren't going to make them better and i think uh you know that's the 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 whole entire message you know throughout the whole entire book but um just the way that he you know it, i think that's it, that it's really important that everybody has a set of routines that they follow because if you don't follow those routines then you're end up you'll end up getting off track and then you have to find your way back on track. Like I was saying before. All right, man. So, so before we get into, um, pitching the, uh, seven major keys book, cause I, I mean, I, I think everybody needs to take a quick look at this cause it's got some really, really good content into it. Yeah. But before we do that, let's, let's leave these folks not with seven, but two, key tactics that they can use every day to get them closer to that success. And, and you can cheat. You can cheat. You can you can name two out of the seven from the book. Prefer you don't, but you can cheat if you have to. <laughs> um so the major keys are awesome. Like I wouldn't like I wouldn't go a day without having the major keys. Like it it's subconsciously in my head. So everything it's kind of like the um 
we were talking about the principles. Last yeah, time. Ray Dalio and the principles book. Yeah. Yeah. So if it goes against your principles, you know, um, you shouldn't do it. But uh, let's see, two major keys that aren't major keys. Um, I would. Well, say I didn't say they. They, they can be. They, they can they be. Can but I don't want to cheat. Let's, let's let's just talk about. And maybe <laughs> maybe we roll it back to like a tactic that or a strategy that someone can use every day. It's belief. Belief in yourself is one. So you have to believe in who you are. You have to, I mean, it's confidence. It's the first major key. It's confidence. So how do you get, so, so what's the tactic or strategy to get that confidence? Practice, 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 practice. Like you're not going to be good at first. Like your first podcast, your first book, your first movie, your first time out on the football field, your first time up at bat, you're not going to be good at it. Like you may have some natural talents, but you need a coach. You need somebody to expose those talents. So you need to practice, 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 practice. And that's the only way that you'll gain confidence. All right. So we got one key strategy tactic that people can start doing tomorrow. And that's practice on what it is that, that they're, they're working on. Okay. So, practice. so what, do, what do we got for number two? Number two, uh, number, you want me number two, like my most, no, 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 n- not just, number, not, not key not, number two. Yeah. I, w- I want them to actually read the book, not actually listen to it uh, through the podcast. Yeah, no, I, I'll, I'll give, I'll give them the keys, but I'll, I'll, I'll give you the first and last one first. So the last one is uh key. Number seven is uh priorities. So, what's most important to you in your life? Like you have to list out your goals, but your goals have to be prioritized because a lot of us spend a lot so of there's time. Not everything's priority one is what you're telling me. Right. Exactly. All right. All right. <laughs> so you focus most of your time on the things that are most important to you. So, um, like family, if family's most important to you, like what are you doing in your time to make sure that your family doesn't go without, or what are you doing uh, in your time to make sure that they're getting all the attention that they need so that they don't feel like they're going without with with the material things and all that so showing a uh, emotional and financial support so prioritizing your day to the most important things to the least important things and a lot of times what happens is when we prioritize and we write it out we'll notice that the things that we're focusing on aren't helping us at all so we can just throw that away like why why are you watching tv like what is that doing for you you're hitting some people right (laughs) right square in the heart right there with that one man yeah what is that doing that's not doing anything for you like watching roseanne isn't (sighs) isn't gonna help you (laughs) all right all right so 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 we got here the two tactics people can take away is one is practice so you can gain the confidence so you can believe in yourself yeah so practice and the second one is prioritize. Not everything can be priority one, mm-hmm. so you got to prioritize. That's it. Yeah. All right. That's the that's the start and finish to to the seven major keys. So. Ah, I knew you were going <laughs> to pull it back in. All right. So so let, let's let's talk about the book. You know, yeah. we we've been hinting at you know you, you had one book. We're hit, we've been hinting at the new book yeah. this whole time. So let's let's just drop the bomb right now. <laughs> oh, see, I don't even have the button to push or anything like that. <laughs> Get the beatbox crossed away yeah, here from me. There we go. So let, let's let's drop the bomb and, and let's tell everybody what, what the seven major keys is about, who it's for, why they should get it, <clears throat> without reading it off the back of the book. 
So. Come on, Ryan. <laughs> Come on, I'm looking, man. I'm looking at the back of the book. The seven major keys, everybody needs to implement them right now. Like, write, get your pen, get your paper, write these down because you need these in your life. Seven major keys. One is confidence. You have to have confidence in yourself. You have to believe in yourself before you do anything. You have to have confidence in yourself to drive a car. You have to have confidence in yourself to walk out on the streets. You have to have confidence in yourself to go to college, leave your parents' house. You have to have confidence to achieve anything in life. So it all starts with confidence and the belief in yourself. The second key is the law of attraction. Uh, law of attraction. So thinking positive. If you're if you train your mind to think positive, like you're not always going to have positive thoughts in your mind, but if you can control your thoughts and find the positive situation in a negative situation, then you can control the outcome of your life. So thinking positive is important. And what the law of attraction is, is whatever you think is going to be in your existence. So if you think bad things, then bad things are going to pop up. If you think good things then good things are going to pop up. So trying to trying to stay positive uh, number three is trust. So you need trust in uh, you need trust in your employees. You need trust in your employer. You need trust in your partners. You need trust in your relationships. Trust is is key number three. If you don't have trust, you don't have a sale. You don't have a business. You don't have anything. So trust is three. Number four is my all time favorite, and I think that you can. So get it's your favorite, but you made it number four. I made it number four because I like right. I like the number four. All right. <laughs> and number four is hustle. And a lot of people get the wrong impression when I say hustle because, you know, at one point in my life I did sell drugs, but that's not what I mean by hustle. Hustle, when I think of hustle, I, I picture my coaches yelling at me, hustle, hustle, on the football field or on the basketball court or wherever. Like a hustle, to hustle means to give it all that you got. And you can get by on just this key alone if you just put in the work and just hustle, 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 because everything else will fall in place if you just put in the work. So number four is hustle or put in the work. Number five is communication, how we communicate with each other. So it's a little different <clears throat> nowadays than when I was when I started selling. Like we have we have social media and things like that. So we have to keep up on our game with our social media, um, with uh, the way we communicate with each other. Because communication, all that is, is just the the sh just sharing information. So how we share information is number uh, five. Number six is no fear so or fear of rejection, no fear of rejection. So we have to know that for every success, there were 100 failures that happened before that success happened. So learning from our success or learning from our failures so we can get to that success and then just not being afraid of rejection because everybody's going to be rejected. No matter what type of sales you're in, you're not going to get a yes every single time. And that no is just one more that one step closer to that yes and the last but not least is one that we already covered which is priorities so just making sure that you have all of your goals written out and putting them in in order from the most important to the least important and then knocking off the most important tasks first and then focusing on the little task all right all right so Ryan, appreciate you coming out. I mean, it was a short drive for you. I'm glad you're local to us here. But yeah, uh, so let's let's help out people find you. Where are they going to find you on the socials? I mean, uh, yeah, so Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Where, where where are you at, man? Instagram, I am inspirational underscore Durden. Facebook, I am R D Durden, and uh, Twitter, 
I am Ryan Durden. But you can find me on my website, and you can have all those links if you just go to ryandurden.com. Um, it'll have a link to my podcast, my YouTube channel. Uh, so just go to ryandurden.com, and you'll you'll get hooked up. All right, everybody. So we're going to go ahead and put links to everything that we just talked about today in the bottom of the uh, show notes. Yep. So you'll have access to all of that fun stuff. Ooh, one more thing, one oh. more thing, one more thing. So with, with the seven major keys... Get your free copy. You can get a free copy of free, seven, free ninety nine, free ninety nine. All right. So just go to the website ryandurden.com to get your free ebook. Um, and the the book itself, if you want to get a paperback, is only five dollars. All right. So and Amazon will get it to you in two days. Two days. So buy ten copies so you can hand them out to your friends. All right, Hi, everybody. We've had Ryan Durden, entrepreneur and author, here in the studio today. Super glad to have him. And uh, thanks again, Ryan. Thank you, man. It's been an honor and a, and a, and a privilege to be on your show. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to, to doing more work with you. Um, and uh, it's, it's, it's an awesome experience. Thank you for having me in your home today. That's it for this episode of the Ted Huff Show. But we know you're wondering where you go from here. TedHuff.com makes it easy for you to get notifications for new episodes, specialized contests, exclusive giveaways, and upcoming events simply by signing up for our mailing list. You'll get access to all this and more by visiting TedHuff.com. That's T-E-D-D-H-U-F-F.com. Until next time, open your mind and expand your empire right here on the Ted Huff Show.